Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into a consistent income. Although we're not talking so much about retirement today, we're talking with Dale Coinga, who has done so many things. Currently, he's a state senator with Wisconsin, but coming to an end of his term, and I ran into Dale at the end of an honor flight. He was the one helping out with the honor flight. I was the one coming back from Orlando, but oh my goodness, I see Dale here helping out with the honor flight. I thought Memorial Day is a big deal, but Veterans Day is two days from now. Let's talk about military service, all kinds of things, uh, public service. But thank you, Dale, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is uh, this is so great. And I mentioned the honor flight. Let's start with that first. Tell me a bit about the honor flight, how you got involved, why you got involved. Oh, embarrassingly enough, the first time I heard of the honor flight or and I heard about it from back in the day and I was at an event downtown and someone's like, hey, you're sitting next to the human skeleton. And I was like, OK, you know, I was like, you know, from the honor flight documentary and I kind of rolled with it. But I went home that night. My family was out of town and I said, I got to watch this documentary and on, on the honor flight. So I watched the documentary and I cried like a baby, just cried like a baby. If you have not seen the documentary on our flight, you should watch it. So, uh, you know, it was familiar with the organization through that. Um, then I remember my son's like, hey, I would like to watch that too. Cry like a baby again. So I've always just been a big fan of the honor flight. You know, when people politically say, oh, where can I donate money? I've always said the honor flight. So yeah, I said they ever need anybody uh, as a guardian, if they ever had a, a veteran that doesn't have family or, or friends to take them, I'd be happy to do that. So they called me up and said they had someone to take and I was happy to do it. It was an amazing experience. I will not forget. Yeah, and of course, it's uh, you, you got to get there yourself at like 5 a.m., even earlier, and then you're getting back at, at 10 p.m., and a lot of these veterans are 70, 80, 90 even, so yeah. it's, a, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, my guy called him yesterday just to touch base with him, and he was like, I'm exhausted still. Yeah, I believe, and this was just uh, about two weeks ago, and of course, it turned out that he was your the person you were escorting, uh, this the veteran. He was on the bus to take me back to my car to the rental place and he was just beaming the entire time and so it was a great day yeah I'm we had sure. a great time together oh that's awesome that's that's so great now the honor flight just tell us a little bit more what uh what is the honor flight and of course i will link to that documentary in the show notes so that people can learn more about i've got to watch this documentary but what, what's the goal of the honor flight yeah so there's some amazing people that started off the honor flight but essentially it's a a, a program a not-for-profit that you, it started with World War II veterans and just taking World War II veterans and bringing them to Washington, D.C. to see the, the monuments, uh, World War II monument and the Lincoln Memorial, the veterans, all, all the veterans of the monuments, you know, go to Arlington Cemetery, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, stop by some other places as well. But really just kind of thank you for the service. There's so much to it. There's They get a mail call at the end where they get a bunch of letters from people thanking them for their service. It's just, it's hard to describe, but it's a whole day just focused on them and thanking them for their service. 
And the World War II veterans, that was great. They really appreciated it. We had one World War II veteran with us last, uh, when we were on there last month. Uh, and then there was a good number of Korean veterans, and then the majority of it was Vietnam veterans. But if you compare the reception that the World War II veterans had when they came home, I mean, they had the ticker tape parades and they had pretty girls kissing them and, you know, or maybe pretty boys. They were girls in the service, but they they had a whole production, right? And the, there was a celebration and they were rewarded for their service, you know, through uh, social capital or whatever it was, right? And the Vietnam veterans had absolutely the opposite. They they came home to zero fanfare, uh, doors shoved in their face, a depletion of social capita, a stigma from fighting an unpopular war or conflict, as more correctly called uh, from a diplomatic standpoint. So really, really cool to see these Vietnam veterans get the welcome home that they deserved that they never got compared to their World War II counterparts. And the Korean War veterans are somewhere in between there. I mean, they weren't ostracized like the Vietnam veterans, but they also didn't have the same clear victory and the win. And it was kind of more of a settle, integrated more into society. So whether it be World War II or Korea or Vietnam, they all deserve a great day of getting out to Washington, D.C. and see what they fought for and feeling like a hero because they are heroes. Yeah, and they, they're not the ones that signed the bills or made the laws or decided that, oh, we're going to go fight in this this country and whether it was a good idea or not. It was the politicians, and yet it's the people that served on the front lines that are kind of bearing the brunt 40, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, sometime now with, with Vietnam and so forth. Of you know that Some of them, it wasn't their choice. You were drafted in or it was your choice because you thought this is the right thing to do. And, and like I said, they were ostracized, and here it is where they get uh, a hero's welcome, finally, uh, yeah. with the honor flight, and they're honored. It is a hero's welcome. They had the uh, marching bands going. Oh, yeah, it's uh, the, yeah, the those, Boy Scouts the on marching bands, oh, and other veterans. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole, it must be cool for you to not, not know that's going on and walk in. I had it. no idea. I walked out, I heard a lot of noise. <laughs> What's going on at 10 o'clock? Then I realized quickly what was going on. And just like your experience with the documentary, I walked close by and began to cry. I thought I got to drive home. I got to, I just got to turn around and leave. My father's a, a veteran. My brother's a veteran. I mean, so many people in my family are veterans. I tried to be a veteran. I was in ROTC for three and a half years, hurt my back, couldn't go in. And here I am thinking like, okay, th- these are, there's the people that put their lives on the line. It's just, it's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, another way you're trying to honor veterans is you started a company called Hero Cards. Tell, tell us about that. Yeah, it's, it's called a social benefit corporation. It's somewhere between a not-for-profit and we also have an equity portion of it because we wanted veterans to be owners of the company versus another not-for-profit competing with good not-for-profits like Honor Flight. So we actually support a bunch of not-for-profits through the proceeds of the sales. But essentially what we're doing is we are collecting collector cards similar to what you picture with the format and the feel of a sports card or a Pokemon card. But looking at those cards always drove me nuts when I look at how kids touch them and feel them and like think they're their heroes and like, you know, learn from them. I'm like, if you want real heroes, our real heroes are the individuals that never came home. And a lot of people don't read books. I'm a big reader, but a lot of people don't read books. There's less and less uh, movies out of Hollywood that uh, tell the stories of these individuals. And even if they do, they, they they focus on some bigger names. They don't focus on the everyday guy that, you know, maybe doesn't have as much 
recognition and notoriety as like the Pat Tillman's of the world. So we just take random service members that died from Revolutionary War to today. And we either have a photo or a painting or some sort of illustration of them on the front with their name. And on the back of the card, it says some basic information about where they served, what they were awarded, you know, how they were killed in action. And then every card has a number. And you could go to herocards.us. And on herocards.us, you can type in the card number and then learn a lot more about the individual. So uh, most of the cards that we're doing now are per the request of the families of the fallen. They they ask us to do it. So it's been, it's been very well received. And so we're trying to get in uh, schools uh, through donations uh, to, to put them in schools or schools to request it. There's a subscription service where you could become a member. And every month, your family is going to get a dozen cards to tell a dozen different stories with a nice letter that explains like what we're doing that month, why we're honoring those folks in that month. So come check us out, herocards.us, means spread the movement. I think a lot of people are looking for presents and gifts and things for their kids that is not made in China and also has the sense of teaching their kids somewhere. So as the holiday season approaches, please, please, please check out herocards.us and consider that as a gift for someone that you want to share this, share this experience with. Yeah. So this is coming packs of like 12, then you buy like a pack or a case or how's that work out? Yeah. There's a dozen cards in a pack. We actually are going to have a pack of 13 this spring. And that's because we're working with folds of honor Okay. and folds of honor to ask for their se- a separate pack to sure. benefit them, which we're doing. But the reason that there's an extra card, a 13 is because folds of honor is about, you know, the folding of the flag and there's 13 folds to a U.S. flag when you make it that triangular shape. So they asked for everything they do is in 13s. So we said, absolutely, we do 13. It may throw off our weight a little bit for our shipping and logistics, but that's a business issue we'll deal with. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, it's a dozen cars. And it was was really cool. I always talk about, you know, when the diversity conversation comes up, I'm always struck by, and there's been a checkered past and it has not been smooth. And and there's there's horrific stories of, of how people were done wrong. But generally speaking, the military has been further along in diversity efforts and inclusion efforts than the rest of the country. And the military I served in reflects that with a very diverse group of Americans. And the cards reflect that, a group of Americans that are just America and very diverse. So that's a cool, it's a cool aspect of it too, to have your kids look at you know, the faces of old and the Revolutionary War and the, the, the newer faces from Afghanistan and Iraq and men and uh, women and black and white and Hispanic and Japanese. We had one of the first uh, Native American woman killed in combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a card on her. So it's just it's a really cool, beautiful picture of America. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that and especially mentioning the diversity aspect of the military. Unless you're a associate, you don't quite realize, you know, the military is basically a large corporation. It's uh, and because it's just more mainly, I'm saying that because of the the number of people that are part of it, the the structure that's there. And you're right, it's it's way far ahead uh, on diversity than you know than America has been. I grew up, my dad was a, a military veteran, so I grew up on some military bases. And the schools on the military bases were far more diverse than the schools I've been around that were not associated with the military. So that's a uh, that's thanks for bringing up that aspect. That's that's an important thing for people to know. 
And I'm going to say too, because I want to make sure that people are checking out the uh, the cards. So we'll have that link in the show notes, the herocards.us. But I'm going to, I'll just say right now, the first 10 people that, that email us, so it's podcast at kylefp.com, K-E-I-L-F-P.com. First 10 people that email us, I'm going to buy you a uh, set of cards. So we'll ship you a set of cards. And we'll make a $25 donation to the Honor Flight because this is this is Veterans Day. We want to get some get some ideas out to people about uh, what Veterans Day uh, is all about. Oh, thanks for doing that. That's great news. Yeah, it's fun fun thing to do, and let's let's uh, spread the message there. And I, of course, I said Veterans Day. Just tell us some. This this is something that uh, I don't know if bugs me is the right word, but uh, the difference between Veterans and Memorial Day. Just share with us what what that means to you. Yeah, well, I don't get frustrated. Some people get frustrated when people get confused. So people are well-intentioned, they, but they kind yeah, of well-intentioned, right? Yeah, they kind of mix the two up. I mean, Veterans Day is is there because it's actually the anniversary of the end of World War One. Um, so it's to thank people for their their service that are living and actually came out of it alive. Obviously, so Veterans Day is about thanking the living. The Memorial Day is is really about remembering those that gave their made the ultimate sacrifice, right? So in that day, I mean, once again, I'm not sensitive about it. Some people are. Um, I'm like they should be because it's 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 not personal, but you know that's a day for all of us Americans to recognize those that have fallen. And although it doesn't detract, maybe it feels like it detracts that like when you're thanking veterans on that day and you're like, Oh, happy veterans. You know, and get it, it's, we as veterans, I think I could speak collectively on this is we as veterans really want the focus to be on our friends that did not come home and really save all our words and thoughts and deeds for those guys um, and girls. And so that's the difference. Uh, I, I think I look back to when I was a civilian, I didn't join the military until I was 25 years old. I'm, I almost guarantee I got them confused and, you know, mixed them up. And it's like, ah, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, like it's all military stuff, but they have very different meanings for a reason. And, you know, if you could remember the different portions of it, that's, uh, that's great. Um, and, and have the right sentiments on those days would be great. It's Jeremy Kyle here. And I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our 5-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com, use the number or spell it out, you'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening and now for the rest of the show. Yeah. And hopefully this helped a little bit just to know that the differences that are there. And like I said, if you don't know, then uh, your heart's in the right place when you're talking to a veteran or, or, or so forth on Memorial Day and, and things like that. But you mentioned you're a veteran and you also mentioned you started at 25. What, what enticed you? What made you want to join the, the military at 25? Yeah. Well, when we were, I'm, I'm one of four, um, I have a sister and two brothers, but our boys in particular, we, we, we were younger. We said, if there's ever a war, we're serving together. So I don't know if it was Saving Private Ryan or Legends of the Fall, whatever movie it was. But at some point we said, if there's a war, we're in this together. And we didn't do it at, right after 9-11. But my, I remember my mom called me after 9-11 and said, all three of my boys are going to join. All three of my boys are going to war. 
I thought that was a little melodramatic, but it was right on. My youngest brother got a parental waiver shortly thereafter and at 17 years old, went to basic training between his junior and senior year, my brother Dan, that is. And then my other brother, Russ, was in college, and he called me one day and said, hey, when I'm out of college, I'm going to join the U.S. Army. I'm going to do the X-ray program, which is special forces. So he's been special forces for uh, 16, 17 years. And he wouldn't want me to say his first name, so I won't say his first name. That's perfect. Um, and then uh, I joined at the, about the same time as my other brother. So signed up. I you know, asked KPMG if I could have a leave of absence to go to basic training. And I went to Officer Canada School. I went to Military Intelligence School. Was gone for a year of training and then was back for a year uh, just in reserve status. And then was deployed to Iraq for a year. So I've been in now for 17 years. I love it. I will stay till they kick me out and I'm 43. So if all goes well, I could do another 19 years with the current rules, but it's, it's a complicated formula based on when you get promoted and everything else like that. But I would like to stay in as long as they, I love putting the uniform on. I love serving. I, I find the, I find it consequential and it's work some days, you know, and I, there's portions of it that are definitely service, but net net, I feel like <laughs> I get a lot out of it and I'm, I'm, I'm honored to serve. And I really enjoy it. Yeah, that's that's amazing, and it's great that uh, you're all able to to have this collective bond. You already had a bond already in the we family. We did, and it was cool. So my my sister, who's not the military type, a lot of awesomeness that she has serving people in the healthcare setting as a nurse practitioner. But her husband has for years been like, yeah, I would you know, but the time he was never, you know, how it is like you get older and like life goes on. Well, with the program I'm currently working on for the U.S. Army, is we're trying to build up a group of officers that have civilian expertise. And so if you have a master's degree in one of 18 different areas and you have 48 months experience following that master's degree, you could actually be direct commissioned as a captain or a major. And so my brother-in-law has a PhD in student development at the post-secondary level. Uh, I think it's from Auburn and a couple of master's degrees. And I said, Hey, would you like to do it? So Long story short is my brother-in-law now is also in. So all four of us are serving or have served. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. And this, this program, it's basically like the Monuments Men movie, right? Or yeah, close enough. Yeah. So the, yeah. So it is, if you've seen the Monuments Men movie, that's exactly what it is. Now there's 18 different specialty areas, the cultural heritage, the Monuments Men, uh, which is today the Monuments Men and Women. Sure. Man, these people are awesome. I mean, I wish you could. So we were just at the Smithsonian. We were on orders at the Smithsonian with some of these individuals. I had a hand in recruiting or help facilitating their getting into the service. And we had international partners there, uh, Netherlands and France and Italy and really, really, really awesome, cool individuals. But yeah, so it's, if you've seen the movie Monuments Men, it's exactly part of the program. And that's the concept is we need, we've done a very good job post-1970 from moving from an unprofessional, a lot of issues in the 1970s uh, army, right? And thanks to guys like Milton Freeman and other thought leaders, they said, let's make this a more professional military. Let's not do draft. Let's make it a professional organization. And today we have a very, very effective, very effective professional military. And to quantify that is if you look at Russia's casualties in Ukraine right now, you know, they vary, but even by Russians' accounts, they're at par, which is a total lie. But I'm just saying, even with the disinformation, misinformation out of Russia, like their numbers have the same amount of casualties that we have 
in had in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan combined over 20 years, right? Oh my goodness. And the real numbers sound like they're more like 50, 60, 70,000. And, and it's just jaw dropping. That's like exponentially more than we had in Iraq and Afghanistan. So bottom line is we have a very effective professional military, but what we have maybe sacrificed in that journey to a professional, professional soldier is losing that citizen soldier that is so critical for that post-transition after combat. So if you look at Japan and Germany and Western Europe, a beautiful, and it wasn't clean, there was ups and downs, but generally a beautiful, effective transition into the Western sphere of capitalism and democracy. And like they are our allies and we need those allies today when we're counter threats like Russia and China, right? Or Iran or North Korea. So what this program is doing is we're identifying people that are at the top talent of their certain professions, and then they could be commissioned and join the Army Reserves. So that's the program I've been working on. It's been very, very successful. It's been tons of work, but that has really consumed me over the last three years. Yeah, well, that's a great uh, that's a great project. And of course, you're talking about the citizen soldier part of it. And because you that was a definition of you. You were at KPMG doing accounting work. They uh, joined the the military now you're even doing public service as an elected official although your terms come into an end what what caused you to go into become an electric official yeah no i ran for office the first 12 years ago i was on the back end of my deployment to iraq and uh came back and served in iraq with a gentleman named mark gundrum who was state rep and i said oh well, how, what do you do and how do you do that and really wanted to serve in that capacity. And so I served. And this was a time when Wisconsin's finances were in a tough shape. This was 2010. We had a lot of uh, what I call actually accounting fraud, uh, huge gap deficits, $3 billion. We have now completely eliminated Wisconsin's gap deficit. I know that's like a geek thing, but we're running, it's kind of a geeky show a little bit, right? Right. And clearly we need an accountant for the job. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so we got rid of the gap deficit. Um, so anyways, that's what motivated me to run. That was 12 years ago. Things changed a lot. And I think it's public service. I don't believe in career politicians. So after 12 years, I did my state service. I continue to do my military service. So going back to the private sector. Yeah, that's amazing. That, that's just so great. What, what surprised you the most about being an elected official, being in public service that way? Uh, I mean, it's always a different challenge. I mean, I didn't really have many expectations going into it. But um, I guess... There's a lot more time spent people campaigning and doing that as opposed to like policy work. And I like the policy. I'm not a big fan of the politics. I always saw the politics as the means to get to the policy. So I guess I'm a little surprised that a lot of elected officials are just purely like the shirt and skins game of Republican versus Democrat. And I never really enjoyed that portion of it. I enjoy more the rolling up the sleeves, doing the policy, getting consensus and getting things done for a broad range of people. So that's surprising. But overall, I mean, it's it's a legislative body. So you have people from all over the state with all different opinions and, you know, some you really, really like and some you're like, I won't miss them at all. Yeah, <laughs> but there's a, there's a lot more that I'll miss than I won't miss. So, yeah. Well, I wish you the best in the uh, the private sector. I imagine you, you've got your hands on a lot of different things. So I think... Uh, You'll, you'll find the uh, the right landing spot, whatever that is. Yeah, it's it's fun to just talk to people and see what's out there. And so come January, we'll move into and transition to a new career and looking forward to those challenges. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I've got one more question for you, Dale. But before uh, before we get to that, just tell us what's the best way for people to reach out to you. Yeah, probably LinkedIn uh, is one way, and then my state office. You just Google my name, Dale Koinga, K O O Y E N G A. Uh, it's going to get you to the state senate site. It really depends what you want to talk about. You want to talk about military stuff, probably LinkedIn. You want to talk about state policy stuff, probably my state senate office. But uh, I'm pretty forgiving. If you reach out, we'll direct you to the right email account. So it's all on the legal up and up yeah, uh, with, right. The right, with the right hat for whatever the conversation may be. Yep, definitely. Perfect. We'll link to that, the LinkedIn, the uh, state senate office for there. Of course, herocards.us, uh, might as well put that uh, in there too. And if you're looking to learn more about the work we do at Kyle Financial Partners, just check out retirement-revealed.com. That's how you can find find us. All right, Dale, we've got the final question. I'd love for you to tell us something about yourself that few people know about. And remember that we've got a clean rated podcast. <laughs> oh, I would, I would not have uh, anything that would be uh, X-rated. I believe it. So that works out. Uh, I play the trumpet, actually. So I am a trumpet player. I have played at veterans' funerals, taps. I play in church. Well, I haven't played recently. Uh, during COVID, my son and I went outside and played some played some tunes for the neighborhood. So that's probably something people know about. I'm, I'm a big fan of music, and I think music is a, a big part of who we are. And uh, particularly as a Christian, I think it's a great way to worship. So I, uh, yeah, put the trumpet. So that's a little fact that most people don't know about Dale Koinga. That's it. I, I've seen you around the, uh, the Milwaukee and state scene for years. I did not know that. So thanks there for sharing. Yeah. Go. Awesome. Good. Well, Dale, thanks for coming on, sharing your story, telling us a bit about Veterans Day, Memorial Day, the honor flight, herocards.us. I can tell you happy Veterans Day. That's coming up in a couple yeah, of days you. here. So that's, that's great. Thanks <laughs> for serving. Say to your brother and your dad. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There's uh, so many people in our family that, that served. And of course I grew up in Maryland. I had ROTC classmates that are serving still today. And growing up in Maryland near Annapolis, I've got a bunch of Naval Academy friends. So I can say to you, beat Navy. Yeah. Huh? I gotta go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Beat Navy for sure. Good. I just got a sweatshirt in the mail the other day. Go army, beat Navy. I just got I love it. Excellent. Yeah. Good. So am I allowed to ask you one question? Let's go for it. Why not? Yeah. So what brought you from out east to Milwaukee area? Thanks. Yeah. Uh, My dad's from Wisconsin. Uh, He was in the military. So I grew up half in uh, Maryland, half in Germany. And then back in 2002, I thought I was going to be commissioned as an officer in ROTC, but I hurt my back. I couldn't do that. So all of a sudden, as a 21-year-old, I've got to find a new career and you know i'm a bright-eyed 21 year old getting a little bit into politics and ed thompson who's a name i think you might know dale ed thompson was running for governor in wisconsin i had a friend going out to work on his campaign he pulls out a map because it's 2002 pulls out a map he's trying to figure out like where's white water or something like that i said i drive around Which Wisconsin. Is probably why he didn't win <laughs> that's right yeah so I, I said, hey, I'll go drive out with you because I know I know 94. I know all these roads. I know Highway 60. I can I can show you uh, some of the Wisconsin roads. So I go out with him for a, a couple of weeks to work on the Ed Thompson campaign. And of course, I have family out here. So I stayed. And uh, next thing I know, I have a, a job uh, in the financial industry and meet my wife. Then uh, the rest is history. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, hey, thanks a lot, Jeremy, for having me. And thanks for covering all the things we talked about. And please stay in touch. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Thanks, Dale, for coming out. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you'll feel better about your money and you'll make better money decisions. 
Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed Podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.